I-C-K-B-A-C-K, the kickback. We live in effect with Reek Reek, Bree Bree, and your boy E-B. Let's have fun. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome, friends, one and all. This is Sabrina and Sharika. Whenever you hear my voice, just know it comes with great anxiety because I uh, miss Evie when he's not with us. And when he starts a podcast, I feel like he has such a great start. And honestly, usually when they start, I say they because Evie and Sharika usually come with great fanfare and excitement. And I like warm up into the podcast. So when Evie's not here and I'm like, well, Welcome. <laughs> I feel so formal and out of sorts. But that being said, I'm very happy to be here today. I'm only bummed because I reached out to a potential special guest because a uh, word on the street from EB is that this potential guest is not very pleased with my uh, feelings about the Taylor Swift concert. And that person is thinking about joining us in the future. They did not respond. I don't know if it's because they feel some type of waste about <laughs> my experience or because they just haven't seen seen it yet, but that is something that will happen in the future. Sharika, do you feel nervous or excited about that? Um, I feel ex- I feel excited. I don't okay. want, I feel excited because I want to hear, even though I don't really feel like it would change my mind, I would be interested to really hear their point of view. Now, um, you know, I felt, okay, this is, okay, this might sound crazy, and I, I even hesitate to say this, but I was like, I don't want them or anyone to be like I felt like a fraud okay not because I don't really like Taylor Swift's music but I was like what about all the people who love her love her love her and I'm just like she's cool you know like she's not you know I don't know of anybody that I'm gonna be like oh my gosh I have to see even Beyonce love her but I'm not in love with her (laughs) I'm just like you know and so I'm just like I felt like the whole time I felt like a fraud even leading up to it because I was like I somebody else could be going that would love this and mind you I had a great time and I I just felt like I didn't love her enough and that I was I was taking someone's spot even though I was not taking someone's spot I was fulfilling a spot but I felt like a fraud because I just felt like and I'm that's so weird to say and I know people are like really is it really that serious but that's how they make you know the people not them my friends but people who love her so much it it's almost intimidating to be like I I think she's great I like the music like it feels like that's not adequate enough like I have to be in love and I just am not and so I felt like a fraud and so that's the only thing that gives me a little hesitation I didn't want my friends to be like you don't deserve to be here why did I I even invite Sharika she's unworthy no she won't be like that I feel excited only because I know in my heart I am a diehard Taylor Swift fan Mm. but I feel like my husband will say this about me people who are very close to me I will say this I can be a fan and love you but I'm still going to speak to the truth of both sides of the coin that I see. Um, Maybe this is the Enneagram one in me. I've heard that I can be critical, but I just want the world to know whatever I'm putting out, I'm putting in times 10. (laughs) I am much harder on myself than anyone else. And I think that's how I can come across sometimes not the greatest because I'm like, oh, if I can take it, surely they can take half of this. And usually that is not the case. They can't, their feelings are hurt, their are tears involved. And then I'm like, whoops, you know, so I'm like reining it back. All that being said, I do want to talk to somebody who has a different perspective because for me, now seeing a lot of the clips after the fact, I'm like, oh, this does look really cool. I will say I have seen some clips where it's clear that she's singing live, but anyone in the music business will be able to tell you they will have the track layered and the mic's set up in such a way that some things are live, some things are just a track. And that's fine and dandy. But for me, when I'm going to a live experience, what I truly want, what's really going to get me hyped, I know I'm not going to get that from her. That being said, I'm ready for this conversation. And I'm going to go right into my mood because guess what? Both of my songs, because I have two, they are both Taylor Swift songs because I'm still a really big fan and the lyrics are everything. And Shonda Rhimes, first of all, if mm. ever there was an F you to give, Shonda, <laughs> how dare you wreck me as you have once again. The tears that I have cried, listen, y'all, I'm off to vacation today. I'm going to St. Louis, Missouri. The first 
town of my husband's parents and his older brother. And I'm going to see what's going on with the Kemper side of the family. Very, very excited. Uh, and the Batsel side, I guess, the um, grandma's maiden name. Um, but that being said, I cried so many tears today because I finished the last episode of what we're going to talk about. And I won't give it away right now. But because of that, I was telling Sharika, watching this show just makes me want to spend more time with Doug. This show is all about love. And so I have two Taylor Swift songs that are my vibe. The first one is You Are In Love because I feel like this represents the first half of the show. Um, This is from her 1989 album, One Look Dark Room, Meant Just For You, Time Moved Too Fast. You play it back, buttons on a coat, lighthearted joke, no proof, not much, but you saw enough. You can hear it in the silence. You can feel it on the way home. You can see it with the lights out. You are in love. Ah, so good. And then the second one is actually from her latest album and it's called sweet nothing and there's this little refrain that says they said the end is coming everyone's up to something something i find myself running home to your sweet nothings outside they push and shoving you're in the kitchen humming all that you ever wanted from me was sweet nothing they're both just these beautiful songs because one thing taylor the master at is the storytelling in a short mm-hmm. amount of time of a song um, about just love, the first one about falling in love and what that it's like and through the friendship and all those layers. And then this one is about just knowing that when it comes to your person, really all that they want from you is you. And I don't want to start crying. Ah, Shonda, how dare you? But <laughs> that's the mood that I'm in because that is a beautiful space to be. I'll stop right there. Oh, I guess that I won't stop because my tip. Sunny and 75. Sharika, how are you feeling, friend? Girl, okay, so I wasn't going to go this route, but you know what? When you said Taylor Swamp song, a song just popped into my head and it was just this refrain. And then I was like, oh, I should use that song because I have a, because I wanted to use it in this one contest. But I was like, oh, this is a little spicy. And I was like, you know what? I love to. <laughs> You know, in in honor of talking about Shonda and what we're going to talk about, it's a little, they be a little spicy. So, you know what? Okay. So, listen, y'all know I I don't really get spicy on here, but y'all going to get a little spicy today. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I can't believe I'm giggling because now I'm like, where's the part that I want to talk about? This is hilarious. Okay. In the middle of the night, in my dreams, you should see the things we do, baby. Oh, my Lord. In the middle of the night, in my dream, I know I'm going to be with you, so I'll take my time. Are you ready for it? That's my Taylor Swift song. I know it's spicy, mm-hmm. but hey, what we're going to talk about, it might get there. But the real reason why I initially thought about it is the ready for it part, not the sexual part. But really, my temp is I'm ready for the next thing. Not, mm. we're not I'm talking about the sexual part. I'm just saying like, I'm in this place in my life where I'm just like, I'm ready for, I don't know what. I don't know what it is. Just like another thing, the next thing, a next level growth. I feel like I'm on the precipice of a new thing. And I'm excited and I'm so ready for it. Um, And that has, I think, like today, I just have this like, it's like almost like the feeling you get when it's about to be Christmas time. Like, Ooh, you're like oh my gosh, it's about to happen. It's about to be Christmas or your birthday. When you're anticipating this, it's a, it's a feeling of anticipation. I don't know what the next thing is. I don't know what the new situation is. I don't know what the growth moment is, but I have a feeling of anticipation and I don't know what's next, but it's almost exciting. It feels very palpable. So like, that's really what I was going with when I was thinking about it. Not really. I was just thinking about, I'm ready for it. Whatever the next thing is, whatever the next uh, ch- um, growth, challenge, change, new opportunity, whatever it is, I'm ready for it. I say that now, but then what if it's something I don't want? That's not here, neither here nor We're not going to go to the negative. The this Lord is- will equip you, friend. We're not going to the negative, but I do have this palpable sense of excitement and anticipation, which is, you know, what is so funny are, I've never thought about this, but this might be dumb or this might be brilliant. I don't know. You tell me, Sabrina, is anticipation the other side of the suspense coin like is on the other side of coin like what is the Uh relation between anticipation and suspense 
because yes, one I love and one I correlation. One yes, I and I never thought about them. I just had the thought right now because I just was in a very suspenseful situation and I hate suspense. I hate the feeling of not knowing. But then that's also part of anticipation. But yet I I love anticipation and I love that mo- the excitement of the buildup before the thing. So I was just... I. I just found that to be very well. Random. You just said what the well, you said what the difference is, and they are opposite sides of a coin, the same coin. Mm-hmm. Because with anticipation, there is already this idea in your mind that there's going to be a positive thing on the other side. So, like, I am anticipating getting on the plane and trying all the food in St. Louis, and mm-hmm. you may be anticipating some vacation time that you have coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, suspense usually occurs when you either just have no clue what's on the other side, or you're pretty positive that next thing is going to be negative. Mm-hmm. So once again, I think it all boils down to the power of mind, of our minds, mm-hmm. and yeah. we can control the mindset. Is it? Are we going to let it run away, train with the negative things? Or are we going to, mm-hmm. you know, reassure ourselves? Um, that is going to be positive. And sometimes you just can't like, I'm thinking of if your pet is in the hospital, and you know, they just got ran over by a car, you might feel like some, well, suspense, that feels like the wrong word there. But you already know, it's not going to be great. Maybe mm-hmm. you might be waiting from the call from the vet. Did your pet make it out of the surgery or not? Um, But if you've been dating for three years and suddenly, you know, they're setting up a nice dinner and this and that, you might be like, oh, this is like a positive suspense. Like I'm anticipating Mm -hmm. what's going to happen tonight. Mm -hmm. Ah, I think that's a good segue into what we are talking about today because Shonda Rhimes is masterful at this. And I don't want to use that word too loosely because I think I just called Taylor Swift a masterful songwriter, but (laughs) she is. She's an incredible storyteller. And so Mm -hmm. is Shonda Rhimes. Uh, They're both writers. Yeah. Of all of her projects, when we think about Shonda, do you have a favorite? Mm, Okay. Now I'll tell you the ones that I've watched and the ones I have not. I was into Grace for a long time. I watched Private Practice. I think I watched all of it or very or a lot of it. Did not watch How to Get Away with Murder because murder was in the title and I just, you know, I'm not for the death. So I never watched How to Get Away with Murder. Um, never watched Scandal. Um, why I have watched this is where it gets spicy. I've watched Bridgerton. I was very late to the Bridgerton party, but I think I watched it when the second season came out I was like oh everybody talks about it let me go back to the first season and watch it and then I watched it to the second and I have watched Queen Charlotte so those that's my favorite reference with Shonda my favorite what is my favorite my favorite I think is Bridgerton like I said I used to watch Grey's but it was the emotional roller coaster, it was too much. Like everyone was dropping dead from left <laughs> to right. And I don't love my favorite characters to be gone. Like I want to at least have the comfort of knowing that those, those who we love will be spared. And with Shonda, it was never a given. And it could be your Everybody's favorite saying. doctor and they're gone. Here one day, mm-hmm. gone tomorrow. And I was just like, this is too much. I can't take the emotional roller coaster. With Bridgerton, I didn't in the past two seasons we haven't had those I mean there has been like one kind of death but that person wasn't that exciting or very integral so it wasn't that sad to see them go but so it's not I don't feel those um, there's there's still those roller coasters but the the depths aren't as low I feel as they were in in uh grays so i actually like this more because i like and i didn't and i don't really like period pieces either and so that's interesting that i do like it but the storytelling is good and i love you know the heart i love a heart felt like something with that makes your heart beat fast like are they gonna make it are they not you know i love that so i think bridgerton is my favorite what about you scandal caused a scandal in my family so <laughs> My parents were visiting me. It was like Thanksgiving weekend or something. And I was trying to watch it. And my mom was trying to talk to me. And I have never done this in my life. And even now my heart drops and I'm afraid. Like I'm looking around. Like I'm like, (laughs) but I shushed my mom. 
Oh, um, no. after they drove five hours to see me because I was like, it was a juicy part. I was locked in and I was like, shh. And never watched another episode after that. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was kidding. I am so not. Like, what happened in the aftermath just caused me to be like, that show, it caused too much scandal. So I never watched it. <laughs> I think I had already knew who her mom was and something juicy was going down and they were trying to talk. And I'm like, of all the times to talk, this is just not it. Um, for the same reason, Grey's Anatomy, which also caused a scandal because when my sister was in college, she was very much into that show. And I remember I was trying to do something with her, call her something. And she was an RA and some of the young ladies would like gather together at my sister's room and like watch it. And basically, I felt she was too busy for me, and it was because of Grace. So I boycotted Grace. <laughs> um, I have seen Bridgerton. It wrecks me because the I am all for a sappy love story. Give me, and maybe that's one of the reasons I get captivated by Taylor's mu- music because I mm-hmm. love it. That is yeah. just something I. I, it's a joy of my life to get into those sort of things. So mm-hmm. I like it, but it's not my favorite. What I saw from top to bottom that had me on the edge was How to Get Away with Murder. Really? That show, yes, I fell in love with um, the acting. Viola Davis is amazing. That that was like my first inter- um, introduction to her because I didn't see The Help. Mm-hmm. It just mm-hmm. felt oh, I like, did see The Help, yeah. Uh, I saw that, but I didn't use them for it. So I'm like, no thanks. I feel Mm -hmm. like I get too much of those vibes in real life. (laughs) So I was like, I'm, but I've heard it's an incredible book. And I think eventually I will get around to that. But Mm -hmm. definitely for me, how to get away with murder. But this series, this series that she has going on with Bridgerton, it's truly just everything is adult content, like not like HBO level, you all, but. The, I have seen a, a couple of white butt cheeks, probably more so than I've needed to. But I appreciate that the men's butts are out. Okay, women, we've had enough. Let's put some of the men's butts on the screen and shout out to that. <laughs> Even at my big age, I like my cheeks get warm. I turn away. I just feel like, you know, I'm a good old girl raised in the Bible Belt. When people kiss on the screen, it's awkward for me. <laughs> but all the stuff leading up to it, I'm like, yes, yes. <laughs> so Sharika, you want to tell the people what we're diving into today? So we're gonna talk Queen Charlotte. And I got the we got we got feelings, we got things. So if you have not seen Queen Charlotte, uh I would say come back after you've watched it. Or if you're like me and Sabrina, we are people who don't care about spoilers. If we're gonna watch it, we're gonna watch it. Or if we're not gonna watch it. We're not going to watch it, but the spoilers don't make neither make it here nor there to either one of us. So if you're one of those people who don't mind the spoiler, then come on, listen, we're going to talk about it if you haven't seen it. And if you do have seen it or you do watch it and come back and listen, uh, jump on over to our socials, hit us up, let us know your thoughts. If, if we got any spicy takes that you don't agree with, you know, feel free to let us know. We can handle it. Yes, we can. So we're just going to run it down. There are six episodes to mm-hmm. this show. I can't say it was much anticipated, since we're talking about anticipation, because I was locked into the Bridgerton storyline, which, as Sharika alluded to, is a period piece. And every uh, episode of Bridgerton is about this family, uh, widow, and all of her kids, and how they eventually are married off and find love. So Season one was about one kid. Season two was about the next kid. So I was ready for season three. And then next thing I know, I see this thing about Queen Charlotte. And Queen Charlotte was a a polarizing character in Bridgerton. I love the actors, the music, the uh, Mm -hmm. cinematography, if I can say that about a series. Mm -hmm. Like, it is beautifully shot. The music is perfection. The costumer deserves all the awards mm-hmm. like it's visually very very the hair appealing. person and then, whoever does the hair right like all that spot on um but queen charlotte she had a great role she helps move the story along but i didn't know that we get this opportunity to dive 
into her story. Mm-hmm. So this deviation for me was a very fortunate surprise. So now here we are, six episodes, and I kept hearing about it. I saw that it was trending on Netflix. But honestly, I'm like, Sabrina, you need to get back to reading and watching a lot of TV. So I've been reading a few things, but my friends kept talking about it. And I was like, okay, fine. Why did I do that to myself? It's so good. And fortunately, Shonda has been quoted saying that this is meant to be binged. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll want to. It's six hours of your life that you can't get back. And if you love the love story vibes, you won't want it back. Uh, so we've all heard of, well, I shouldn't assume that. I remember hearing about Queen Charlotte, uh, the historical figure, and King George, and hearing that he was the mad King George. Sharika, do you remember learning not about a, that in Not a recollection. Not, not at a, all? Not at all. Never heard of and, Queen Charlotte. Never heard of King George. Other than, I don't know. No, I have okay, no, so no knowledge. This goes through their love story. And then, Bridgerton, you see... King George once or twice and it's clear that he's not all there but this does a beautiful job Mm. dealing with the mental illness that he had and the historical figure was known as mad King George like (laughs) he was you know as somebody who suffered from mental illness and just seeing this play out is beautifully done so we're going to start with episode one which is mm-hmm. titled Queen to Be. So Sharika, mm-hmm. how did you come into it? Were you were you anticipating this series? Um, no. Did you just hop in for the funsies? I wasn't anticipating the series. I, unlike you, was didn't love the ki- Queen's character. So I'm mm. like, oh, not really. Yeah, I didn't really care for her because y'all know I'm, I'm, I like it nice and sweet and she's anything but <laughs> nice and sweet in Bridgerton. Not that I really, I just be like, oh, let's move on not with her off the screen but um but so i but i didn't i saw the little clip um like the trailer i've seen that on netflix or maybe online or whatever and it looked intriguing so i was like you know what let me give it a shot and then I, but i didn't do it right away and then everybody was talking about it saying you know what i had a day off from work so i said you know what i'm going to get into it so that's how i got into it and I was hooked. I was hooked. <laughs> Absolutely. So from the top, we see men making choices for women, mm-hmm. a tale that is old as, as time. time. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, one of the great marks of good cinema or TV is showing, not telling. Right. And mm. so you just see these men in a room, whispering among themselves, signing a paper. You see the glimpse of this woman looking into the room. After she sees the signature, she turns to the statue, not sit down. So I already know. They just signed this girl's life away. She's going to be married off to someone. They didn't need any dialogue to explain that. And I just want to say sorrows, 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 prayers. prayers. (laughs) (laughs) Because golly, women in history, I just, I mean, I'm seeing this obviously once again as I read through the Old Testament once again but it really sucked to be a woman Sharika how did you feel like they did introducing us to what was going to happen with her um I I fear I must not have been as keenly paying attention at the time I think low-key I was trying to fix something to eat at that moment so I do remember (laughs) So I do remember her like knocking down the thing and running, but I didn't really pay attention to what was happening. I didn't get what was happening. So I was glad that you just cleared that up because I was just like, "Mm." but what I will say is the things that happened next, which also speaks to this is when they were in the carriage or cart or whatever they call them that with her, that scene with her and her brother and her just talking about how, you know, basically she has no say in her life and what she, you know, him forcing her to do this and she doesn't want to and how, you know, just how uncomfortable and how like men don't get the feeling of being not having a agency over your life, over your body, over anything. Exactly. And she goes into this whole thing about like how the corset she's wearing Mm -hmm. is made of whalebone. And if she moves a certain way, like she could literally get stabbed. And he's just looking at her like, oh, well, you need to smile because you're about to meet your husband who, by the way, they have never met face to face even before the ceremony. 
Mm-hmm. We grew up in such an age of like loving your partner. Well, in this culture we do and like not having a an arranged sort of situation that it was just hard to grasp to me. And I felt very indignant at this, like they should at least let them have a tea, but it just didn't work that way, which made me mm-hmm. wonder like how would I have responded to an arranged marriage? I don't know that I would have loved it. I think mm-hmm. it's something I could have settled into because if something's mm-hmm. just like a part of the culture and this is the right way, I'm a person who likes to do the right thing and, you know, just not go along to get along. That's certainly not me if it doesn't make sense. But I also grew up American in this culture. I think if it was that time, I would have acknowledged that maybe I wouldn't have loved it, but would I have even known another way mm-hmm. for something to complain about? But then again, after seeing the signs of uh, the damn berries, I was like, no, I wouldn't have loved that because that was awful how we were introduced to that couple. Another arranged marriage since she was three years old. Another character who was in the Bridgerton series and her husband's much older than her. But just when I think about how God created sex and um, the purposes of that, and I just feel like there's such a sacred thing. And, you know, to not have a love match is one thing. But then to have somebody not even care at all about you getting any pleasure, that for me was just traumatizing to even think about. But I think that was the, like, I think that was norm back in the day. Like, I think that, I think now, especially in today's time, we are having more of those conversations, but I don't think it's that many generations where it like, a women, a woman's pleasure or anything like that was even a convert. Like it wasn't a thing. People didn't care. People don't think about it. People almost felt like women were just objects and a tool and not really have feelings and all the things. Exactly. Which is why when we get a scene later on, um, cause they do a great job doing like storytelling between past mm-hmm. what happened to lead them up and then to the present. So we get these shots of the uh, present Queen Charlotte walking down the hall and she's looking up and she's seeing these pictures of her children and her expression is very much like F them kids. And I was like, wow, she does not look very thrilled um, about her kids. And then later on in the series, you hear them talking about their relationship with mothers. And many of them are like, the nanny raised me. I really don't know Mm -hmm. my mom. Don't talk to her anymore. Uh, Danbury, rightly so, was like, please, I hope he doesn't put one of his big babies in me. I, I just that part yeah mm. it's yeah I, I don't know if we want to get into it now but the, both of them lady danbury and queen charlotte the motherhood was terrible it was trash no did we meet queen charlotte's mother i, I mean i know no, her parents died, but her brother no, oh, yeah we'll get into that in mother. a later uh a later episode for sure for sure but that is a worth discussing Mm -hmm. so queen charlotte well she's not queen charlotte right now right now she's just the german lady who has more (laughs) blood so she goes in there to meet the new family and the mom is like listen you're very brown y'all didn't tell me she was this brown and i'm thinking very brown chocolate is very brown mud is very brown this charlotte is high yellow what we would call light bright what we would call red bone uh, there wasn't very brown there. And I'm like, good grief. If they had, had a problem, it's like Megan all over again. I literally <laughs> had that thought. Did this not remind you of how, I wonder how dark the baby's going to be? Like, that's, this yes. is giving me whoever said this to, to, to Prince Harry. It was giving that. It was giving that. And I think it's good for them to put on the screen because in modern day, a lot of times it still gives that. So Charlotte is smart and I love how they show it because she's not thinking, oh, yay, I get to be queen. She's thinking, why would they want a stranger? Yes, I know my face is a rare jewel. I know my worth. I need to figure out what's the real story here. Because and why, and why yeah, be- why someone all the way, like this is England. Why do you want someone from Germany? Right. What's why? What is it that I don't know that these people know that don't nobody want this man or they don't want nobody that know him like that? Exactly. So she's showing her wits, and when uh, the the king's mother is like, "Yeah, she's brown, but I guess this will do. Go ahead and let her wear our plain little dress." Charlotte's like, "I actually brought my own dress from Paris, hon." 
And <laughs> I already see that we're going to have this tension between the mom and the future queen. And I love it. I love a moment where even when there's a person in power and they're trying to belittle or bully you, you have that thing in you that says, not today, not today, <laughs> Satan. And that was Charlotte's attitude. Honestly, it was uh, the future lady Danbury's attitude. They were just like, yeah, you all might hold the power, but I have some cards up my sleeves too. And I'm not just going to be out here like a little feather being blown in the wind. I love that. And I love the Black Lady Network because after the wedding, uh, Danbury, she looked at Charlotte and she was like, sister to sister, do you ever need anything? I'm only a call away. Sharika, how did you feel about that little moment that they had? Okay, well, we'll okay, I'll answer that, but then we do have to go back. So I felt like, I was wondering, did you feel like, does Lady Danbury have a secret thing for the king? Is this a setup? No, I never... What- I never oh, got I did. That. I was like, mm, why does she want to be so friendly with this lady she doesn't know? Is this a setup? Is she really trying to, like, was, is her and the king having a thing and that she just wants to stay close? Like, I didn't know what it was. So I was a little unsure at the time what the vibes were. But we have to back up. This part was in the trailer and this part spoke a lot to me. Was the part when, so before, so, you know, she gets there, mind you, I think she gets there literally the day of her wedding or like very, like, or very, like, it's very short between the time she arrives to the time she gets married, is supposed to get married. And it's a whole different culture. And and I think this is also one of the reasons why she didn't want to get married was because she was obviously a lot of women were not very educated in that time. She was. She was well-read. She read, actually, and she had, you know, class, all the things. Her family had money. So, um, and I think they were, I don't know if they were royals, but they were, like, in in, uh, Germany, they were, like, very high people in Germany. So, um, you know, now she gets there, and it's, like, the queen, as we have talked about with even modern day today, you are literally, as Sabrina said, a puppet on a string. Like you, you are, you don't do anything for yourself. You literally are being followed around. Like she has no autonomy anymore. Even the little bit that she might've had before she now has zero. So anyway, there's a point where she sneaks off to try to run away. Cause she's like, I, I can't do this. Cause nobody, she's asking like the ladies and waiting and stuff. She's like, oh, well, how's the king or how's this? And nobody's like, talking about him like they just be like oh you're so lucky or you should you you're gonna be a beautiful bride or you're gonna have kids and all these stuff and she's like literally asking them specific questions about the king and nobody will say anything so she starts being like oh no this man must be really bad or something's really wrong because nobody will talk anything about him so she decides to run away she's going to run away and she's trying to figure out how to get over the wall this guy comes up to her you know, she's like, I'm, I need help. He's like, I'm not going to help you. They're kind of flirty. And then he's like, I'm not going to help you because I'm not going to aid my wife and run my, you know, aid you and running away from me and basically reveals that he's the king. Um, He was so smooth in that moment. And I love the little confidence he was bringing. I was like, okay, sir, you're coming in swap. You're coming in smooth. You're, you're being playful. You're being jovial. You're being funny. You're being fun. Even though she was being a little hysterical, which understood when you don't know what's going on. So that moment was like, okay, this was their first meeting, even though they didn't, she didn't realize it at first. Sabrina, what did you think about that moment? See, I'm trying to ask myself, do I feel the way I feel because I knew the history of King George before watching it and I'm bringing that bias to this moment or do I really feel this way? I feel like when someone tilts their head and they have that little smile, there's a crazy there. You've heard the term like crazy eyes, like Tiger Woods, the girlfriend who's trying to sue him. Like certain people, you just get the Mm. vibes. And when he came out there, I want it to be like, girl, run, girl, you're in danger. You're in danger. Well, you know, it all seems fun and games, but I mean, not to quote Taylor Swift again, but in another song, she talks about like, you know, how scared I am of elevators. Never trust if it rises too fast, it can't last. 
And when mm-hmm. someone lays it on really thick, like, and he didn't lay it on too thick. I mm-hmm. thought they, the moment was great. And he actually said to her, Hey, what do you want to know about me? Here's a couple of things about me. I'm mm-hmm. just as nervous as you are. If you don't want to marry me, that's fine. Mm-hmm. You know? And I would have been like, thank you. You're not going to reverse psychology me. It was nice to meet <laughs> you. But bye. <laughs> like this just feels off. It was a cute moment. And it was clear in that moment that he was honoring her and there would be a respect there that he wouldn't be like a my way or a highway kind mm-hmm. of guy. And in that time, like a lot of men were and they had the right to be. Mm-hmm. So I think for her, it was creating like that safety and pulling her in. And she mm-hmm. does decide not to climb the wall over the wall. And she shows up not in the dress that the queen mother mm-hmm. um, told her to come in the little boring one. She came there with her Parisian fashion and I'm Beautiful. glad she did. It was a gorgeous moment. And there's another echo here that uh, we haven't touched on, which is the fact that because she had more blood in her and she's a black woman coming onto the scene, they're like, okay, we can't make it seem like we're bothered by this. We need it to seem intentional. So mm. we're going to invite all the other people who are also black or people of color uh, minorities, we're going to invite them to be on the court too, because we've never mingled before. So this will be a sign of good um, gesture. And that is when the Danbury's become Lord and Lady Danbury mm-hmm. and titles are giving out to all the minorities and people of color. So that was another interesting undercurrent. Like I thought because of Bridgerton, I mean, they said a thing or two here or there, but for the most part, it was almost like a uh, heart of Dixie. Color just did really those people did it. It just wasn't a thing. Mm-hmm. Yes, there were diverse people, but it wasn't like, oh, you are the this, this is the this. This is it's just we're people, we're all here, we're all le- living. Yeah, um, and there was so no thought, like, oh, interracial marriages or relationships. Right. It was no, no, just no, 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 no. I thought Bridgerton was gonna go that route, but Me I too. the route that they took here. Me it was a, the way they handled the conversation was great it was perfect it's just another avenue for us to see how this makes people feel and there's this other really emotional moment and I thought and I'm silly I was silly and I thought we'd be able to get through all six episodes I don't think we'll be able to get through all six but we'll just go until you know we can't and then maybe we'll do three this time and then another time do the next three if we can even get through three but in a future episode her husband has this moment that is so sincere and he's just like you know I am glad that men just they're seeing that men are just men in this new world regardless from whence they came and I was almost getting tears and his wife was too Lady Danbury she tried to speak and then he was like hush woman I was like okay Mm -hmm. yeah we're back here so and that's Mm -hmm. literally the next episode so I don't feel too bad of bringing that moment into this part of the conversation so I think Sharika because of that when she reached out to her as they were leaving I felt it was more like that sister sister moment because I had been there especially in spaces where I am the only one who looks like me if there is a whisper of another black person especially another black lady we had we give each other like the nod there's just a sense of like we're in this together mm-hmm. um even if we're not if I if you feel <laughs> so what did you think about the gesture of her inviting the people of color to the court and to the wedding what did you feel did you feel it was good did you feel because I had mixed feelings I was like I don't know I'm like I don't I get I don't know how I feel about this because I get that this is just basically to, you know, look like we're being inclusive. So we're, you know, it's about the optics, but I was like, but there was a part of me that appreciated that they even cared that there were optics, like that they even care because they could have been like, okay, she's black, but yet it's still going to be white up in here and she better just know that and, and, and understand what it is. It reminds me of that scripture in the New Testament where the disciples were complaining because there are people doing Mm. miracles in Jesus name, but they weren't Mm. disciples. And they went to Jesus like, hey, they're healing people and they're doing miracles in your name, but they're not one of us. And it was just like, yeah, but, you know, if this is furthering the kingdom, then it's okay. And I think at another time they actually go to a disciple about it. And the disciple is like, I don't care. Is what, you know, is it helping mm-hmm. the kingdom? Yes or no. God will judge them and handle their, them later. So mm-hmm. I had that same 
thought about this Mm -hmm. moment. Like the way we got there, not great, but what it's doing in the long run, that I can appreciate and respect because as, oh my gosh, this is so good. There are so many moments where Lady Danbury just really shines that Mm -hmm. the queen at one point tried to talk down to her. And at that part, I remember thinking, I never knew the word girl. And this is in this uh, second episode, which is called Honeymoon Bliss. I never knew the word girl was another word for nigger. Because the way she said girl to her, I was like, I I felt it. That actress is amazing. Because when Lady Danbury came back to her and was like, uh, Lady Danbury, and by the way, I come from a place that has more money than all this. Sierra Leone, Diamonds Girl, Mm -hmm. have you not heard? Um, (laughs) You know, the place that y'all are trying to like constantly take over because the land is so rich and there's so much goodness here over here in these African lands. So don't act like (laughs) I'm just like some dust of the earth. Um, Mm -hmm. I love that mother. She checked her. So, well, so because of that, even though the gesture did not come from a good place, Good things are trickling down. I don't mm-hmm. know what's going to happen eventually with, um, there's a part of the story where we're trying to figure out if this is just something that's an experiment as what they're calling mm-hmm. it, mixing in the different races and allowing them to have titles, or is it just one generation? But because mm-hmm. of what they did, even though their hearts are in the right place, it is something that's going to trickle down to future generations. And you and know I- what? I'm excited about that. And I think it speaks to why the race in Bridgerton is not a big deal because of these seeds that were planted mm. then by people like Lady Danbury getting titles and all that stuff. So by the time when, you know, there's the next, even by the next generation, you already see a change in how it's not the thing that it used to be. Absolutely. So uh, this episode is called Honeymoon Bliss because at the end of episode one, they're married. They had their moment in the garden and it's like, okay, sparks are flying. Mm-hmm. I see the little couple. They're looking like a vibe. But right at the end of episode one, although Charlotte is young and as we say green, she knows that a wedding night is something that happens with two people together. Mm-hmm. Charlotte is told by George, look at this beautiful house. This is the gift to you. This is where you live. And she's like, cool, I got a house. And he's like, now I'm going to my house. Breaks, pumps. She's like, hold up, hold up. What? She's like, wait, this is our wedding night. And she never says, aren't we supposed to? She just keeps saying that. And he's like, what? Okay, what? Do you want me to lay down with you? And she's like, that's not what I'm, I'm just, and the whole little garden thing gone. And now we see, mm-hmm. you know, I tell people all the time, it's not the people who I have good times with that matter the most to me in life and that I trust the most. It's the people who I have been through conflict with because that mm-hmm. is going to show me the true colors, right? Like, mm-hmm. and here's that moment for them. And he went from being like, oh, just call me George and yelling at her being like, is King George to you? Like I said, I'm going to my house, have a good night. And she is like alone. And we open episode two with her just being not just on her wedding night, the next day, the day after that, just alone in this big, beautiful castle, knows no one, has no friends. That's her honeymoon. Hold on, Sabrina. I have to, that moment when he was just like, oh, I'm going back to my place. And she was like, oh, he was just like, George, George. And he was like, it's King George. And she was like, oh, my apologies. Your 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 highness or whatever majesty whatever mm-hmm. that was the moment I literally almost teared up. That was the moment I think out of the mm. whole series that moment because I felt so bad for her because I felt like she had been tricked and lied to and I was pissed because how dare you? He convinced her to stay. He convinced no, her no, to marry No, she convinced him. herself. No, no, no. He did. He was like, "What do you want no. to know? I'm just as I'm just as scared." No, Sabrina. He because he didn't was like, "Oh, you know what? You're you're not sure. Yeah, you can go ahead." We're going to agree no. to disagree here because I told you I would have taken that and been like, "Okay, yes," I'm but he was trying you have to, to know speak, yourself. But he was no. He she was, was just told her what he wanted her to know. She was a smart woman. It is shown from the top of episode. No. Well, I'm saying woman. She was 17 years old. Okay, yeah. 17. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe the first person who smiled at me during orientation, they might get a smile back. 
But that being said, in my 35 years old brain, I'm just like, okay, so we had one nice conversation. I'm not, I've never been one, like, love it first sight, fall head over heels. I might think someone's very attractive at first sight, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't want to crush on someone without, like, getting a sense of who that person was. So, sure, y'all had one nice conversation in the garden, and he looks attractive, and now you're like, oh, he yelled at me. Yes, you didn't know him. You didn't know him. Well, so she has okay. to take responsibility that she chose to stay. Okay, Sharika, he said, I like to play in the dirt. I'm a farmer. So now no, she before can that, But where, uh, I, even in the garden, I was thinking, girl, where are you going to go? Even if you ran away, where are you going? You have, she has nowhere to go. She has no home in which to return because her brother basically was like, girl, we need you to be here. And I'm sorry, but we had to do what's best for the kingdom or wherever they, Germany or whatever, uh, an alliance. So you, you, we sorry, but you're here. It's, there is no take back seas. It's done. So she, I was literally thinking when she was trying to run away, girl, where are you going? Cause you have nowhere to go. One, you don't know anyone here. And two, they ain't going to take you back where you came from. So I don't know if she was planning on living those on the street as a pauper or what. I don't know. But so I'm pauper. thinking, <laughs> I don't know what her options were, but I'm thinking like she was, of course, she didn't want to do it, but I think she was accepting the responsibility or the duty. I think, you know, duty is a big thing. She was accepting, like she was coming to, okay, fine. I got to do it. I'm going to do it. Let me just, let me find something positive to look at. And when nobody would speak of him, she was just like, oh, okay, well, this is all giving me all red flags, which she should have listened to. But he presented himself in a way that was very nice. And he was like, assuring her like he was calming all her fears and I'm basically saying I'm not a bad person I'm a nervous person just like you I'm a regular guy I'm just like this is just my like this is what I was born into but this is I'm a still good person I'm a nice guy and so I'm like okay well when you have no other options and this person's like okay I'm I'm nice I'm I'm a just regular Joe or regular George you know, okay, I could understand her taking the option. But then when you turn, like you said, she didn't know him. And he turned into Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde and turned into a different person. I was like, how dare you, sir? You should, if you knew you had issues, you should let her go. Like if you knew that you didn't want to stay with her for the night or whatever, you wanted a separate marriage why didn't you let her go? To be fair, he said he would. And she was the one like, no, no. Like if it was the typical, well, not if you're going to say it like that. Like someone says, sorry. And you're like, you don't really mean it. He was willing to stay, but she's like, no, like not like, I'm not trying to let this be a fight, which is interesting because mm-hmm. later on after days of being apart, which I wouldn't have, like, we would have just kept fighting because how dare you, sir. Um, but she goes to his castle where he's at. And she said, and he's like, I do not want to fight with you. And she's like, well, I want to fight with you. you. And Mm -hmm. I want you to fight for me. me. And I have been there. Because one thing I am, uh, the typical Taurus bull, when there's conflict, I'm running towards it. Not because I like it. I don't like it at all. But what Mm -hmm. I do like is resolution. And I like Mm -hmm. understanding. And I know the longer we avoid that, the more we can convince ourselves that this anthill is a mountain. But then my husband is somebody who wants to process and think it all through. So when she said, like, I want you to fight with me, I was like, yes, because for me, the quote unquote fight, which I don't even like to call them fights, you know, it's like we're resolving conflict. But anyway, the quote unquote fight is you showing you care. We are trying Mm -hmm. to get to a resolution and sometimes it's ugly. Mm -hmm. So I love that. Um, mm-hmm. Side note here, can we talk about the servants? Because Brinley was like, yeah. I have to follow you everywhere. I'm five steps behind. Yeah. But when Brinley had a little boo, he was sitting back there. I'm like, Brinley, what happened when you didn't be five steps behind? You're up here getting your little sweet kisses in. What if, I was like, what if she sure. comes back? Where are you going to be at, sir? What if, <laughs> how you going to be? You're in the middle of the sheets. How you going to be where you're supposed to be? You don't know how long she's going to be there. 
Oh, Brimley, the first, uh, was that the first of the right butt cheeks? I was like, Brimley, come <laughs> on, sir. So now we know you're being extra because you wouldn't even let the queen have a breath. But when you wanted to get it in, you were like, the queen who? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I love that moment where she takes it upon herself to go mm-hmm. to the house where the king is. And she makes it known that, no, I'm in this. Mm-hmm. I'm in this. To win it. And so for me and my first tears in the series came in the same episode, Sharika, but it came when Lord Brimley was talking about like, you know, it's a new world. You know, anytime we're talking about, you know, greatness for Black people, it brings me to tears. Uh, but that moment between her and the king was pretty special, special too. Mm. Any other takeaways from two before we get to three, which will be the last episode we talk about? Um, I don't think so. You know, two or one or two, you know, like I said, I just, I really felt bad for her and I'm sorry that like she, it's already a strange world and you're literally alone and no, like, and they didn't even have like you know she was like well fine if I'm not gonna be with my husband at least let me some do my job as the queen and they were like girl you're on your honeymoon there is no jobs so she's like I'm supposed to just do nothing and be by myself was that the episode he gave her a dog no that comes a little bit later because okay. um he's still just out there and wait it actually it could have been. I didn't make note of the dog, mm-hmm. but it could have been because they're like, you need to at least do something because she's ready to leave you. So he gives her dog. When mm-hmm. she comes to his place, by the way, he's in there looking at the stars. And he's like, look, there's Venus. It looked like the moon to me. I'm like, Sean, our production, <laughs> you can't trick me. That's not Venus. <laughs> but she's like, you're literally, you'd rather look at the stars than be with me. She still doesn't quite know mm-hmm. why he's acting this way. So it cuts deeper. Um, which is why it's so important to get an understanding pre-conflict because she doesn't know. So she's like blaming herself and being like, oh, it's because of something I did. It's, he just doesn't like me. What did I say? And I didn't yeah. either at this point. I still didn't know. Yes, I saw Bridgerton and how he was acting in Bridgerton. But I, at this point, did not realize what it was. I'm like, what is it with him? Like, is he just, I don't know. Does he, I don't know. I don't know what it was. So I was still unsure. Girl, it was fine because at the end of the episode, she's in the hallway because they finally, you know, they have their little moment, you know, under the stars. The marriage is consummated. And then. Oh, can we talk about that? Can we talk about that? So about the fact, not the consummation, but the fact like they, she didn't know what it entailed she basically knew like you said she knew there was supposed to be a wedding night about with the man and the the couple to be together but she didn't know what that even entailed she had no they literally were like lady she asked lady danbury what was what is what is this supposed to be that she had to draw her get paper and coals and draw the things and i was just like wow how ignorant Though they had the women, they didn't even know they, she literally was getting married and had no idea what was supposed to happen, what, what it was, what she'd had no idea. Isn't that wild? Not really, because I feel like there are people today, which I know it seems like, how could that happen? Because they're mm-hmm. TV and TikTok and God forbid, thank God that's not how I found out. Like a friend didn't tell me, I didn't find out through some movie or something like that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think people can be very shy about talking about it. I'm surprised by the amount of people that say, like, their parents don't even talk to them about it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think just it depends on where you land in life. But just some circles, you will find out. You might not find out till it happens. <laughs> but, like, she wild. just know nothing. Like, you know, some people may not know any, like, have an idea of really everything that goes on, but she had, like, zero ideas. So she don't, I mean, she could have been sitting in the room with him and thinking that was the thing. Like, I that's... think she knew that they would be together and that bed would be involved, but I think that's where it stopped. And I'm like, okay, maybe I see the reason her brother didn't tell her because no one has to tell animals have to do that. I think people, you figure it out. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
it can just so I felt the pictures that her lady Danbury drew for her were a little unnecessary I think that was more like for the audience I don't uh, think I so I think for like, her Sharika she was drawing the whole Kama Sutra up in there just like but, it could have been but one I don't thing. think it she was knew. a lot I think she literally <laughs> did I think the guys kind of know but I don't think the women knew Sharika because- lady Danbury was drawing all those pictures and all they ever did was missionary so where where did Lady Lady Dan those different positions? Because even that's what I'm you, saying. It's from the it, it was more so for the audience benefit. No, Sabrina, I went back and watched Bridgerton, and the first season, the the, the redhead girl, didn't know either. I she had that. no idea either. She had no idea any of the things, and the guy. Luckily, she, well, did she not figure the, it out? Well, she did, and then she but she also didn't know how to get pregnant or how how a baby came to be. Somebody had to explain that to her. They did, but once again, it worked out not the way I would want my children to. You know, I would hope that, but I also feel like I'm not going to have to draw a million pictures. But that's fine. That's a story for a different day. Which brings us to the end of the episode. She over she thinks everything is bliss. She's very happy. Mm-hmm. But then she overhears the king telling his mom, like, can you stop riding my back about everything? Like, you wanted me to get married. I didn't want to. I did. You wanted me to charm her. I did. You wanted me to bed her. I did. So just give me a break. And so after she hears that, she's hurt. And she feels like, oh, so I'm just like a project. Because you're the king mm-hmm. and you have to have this burden to do everything for your country and you can't pursue your passions. So then mm-hmm. we get to a season, I mean, not season, episode three, which we'll talk mm-hmm. really briefly on because mm-hmm. I know we're like probably at an hour. But episode three is called Even Days. So they just decide we're only going to sleep together on even days because they both have a lot of pressure um, to produce an heir for the crown. And there it goes. Uh, that episode is basically that by the end of the episode though it gets really cute and this is just like a lovely little episode where they work through their their drama um but I think it's interesting how many tv shows think the bath is such a great idea I think in theory it's really cute but in real life it's like you're in that thing for five minutes and it's just too hot and it's like okay let's get out <laughs> five to ten minutes stops but they love a bath scene and all that, um, all that. So, Sharika, that's really all I had to say about it, even days. I love how the queen is so confident in herself. She says things like, everything I do is a blessing. And in the present day, the queen is pressuring one of her 15 kids, just one to have an heir, because the only one who had an heir, unfortunately, passed away, giving mm-hmm. childbirth, um, in childbirth. So, uh, yeah. And he finally comes to see her and they're doing the even days thing. And he's like, shall I leave at the dinner table? And she's like, no. But then they start having their fun in front of the staff. And I'm like, don't do this to the staff. At least dismiss them first. <laughs> so Sharika, any thoughts about even days before I share the scripture for today? Um, Even days? No, I think I just was starting to, my hope was starting to bloom again for them. And I was like, maybe he's coming around. So it was leaving me with hope. There was hope. There is hope. It's a great show. I feel like this episode was one big commercial for the show. And we just told you half of the mm-hmm. season. We There's so much more. The yeah. The second half is a roller coaster. But once again, mm-hmm. if you love a love story and you had the time and the space to watch this with adults, you know, I wouldn't suggest this for children around them dive in it's very very cute very much so mm-hmm. all right so uh any other thoughts in general sharika and we will we'd have to have a part two because there's so much in the second half that mm-hmm. we must discuss maybe on part two we can get one of our friends who seen who it to be on yes mm-hmm. yes that so is all no my more thoughts, thoughts for right now because <laughs> the next is going to get into the juicy parts. Well, the not juicy parts, the heartbreaking parts of the show. So I'm I'm good to stop where we are. All right. Speaking of just calling people wild and poor women just not having rights to their body and time, I want to talk about King Saul today and his relationship with David and Jonathan. Now, 
Saul was the first king of Israel. He was chosen, but then he messed up. He was taking things into his own hands that he should have left in God's hand. So God had already warned Saul, like, because of what you did, I'm taking the kingdom from you and I'm going to give it to somebody else. So God's spirit left Saul and he was often afflicted with like a negative spirit from the Lord. So Saul has the son, Jonathan, and Jonathan is really good friends with David. The person that Saul doesn't quite know yet is going to be the next king. This is the person that God chose and said, hey, this is going to be the new one. Um, So Saul is really determined to get rid of David, but Jonathan and David are tight. Like they're like blood covenant tight. And Saul still wants to kill David. So that puts his son in an awkward situation. So they're at this dinner that David's supposed to go to. But David's not there, obviously, because Saul's trying to kill him and Jonathan's trying to get the tea. So he's going to test his dad, tell his dad, you know, I gave David permission to go back home to Bethlehem. And then if his dad responds in an angry way, he's going to tell David, you know, yeah, I think my dad really is trying to kill you. But if his dad is like, oh, that's fine. He's going to like, David, come back. You're overthinking this. So this is where we are. First Samuel chapter 20 verses 28 through 33. Jonathan said, David asked my special permission to go to Bethlehem. He said, give me leave to attend a family reunion back home. My brothers have ordered me to be there. If it seems all right to you, let me go and see my brothers. That's why David's not here at the king's table. Saul exploded in anger at Jonathan. You son of a slut. Don't you think I know that you're in cahoots with the son of Jesse, disgracing both you and your mother? For as long as the son of Jesse is walking around free on this earth, your future in this kingdom is at risk. Now go get him. Bring him here. From this moment, he's as good as dead. Jonathan stood up to his father. Why dead? What's he's done? Saul threw his spear at him to kill him. That convinced Jonathan that his father was fixated on killing David. I'm like, of course he did. All right. <laughs> if he's willing to kill you, he's definitely willing to kill David. I don't know in all my years of hearing this story and reading this story, I totally forgot that Saul also tried to kill his own son, Jonathan, whom he claimed he was trying to protect because that was the next in line for the throne. This kind of goes mm-hmm. in the name of So it's like, Saul, you weren't just trying to protect your lineage here you just wanted to kill whoever was getting on your nerves because you threw this spirit your son and then Jonathan's like oh okay I think David's right my dad definitely wants to kill him I just couldn't imagine him sitting at the table he's calling him and I looked at different translation and every translation the woman is insulted he's like you son of a whore you son of a slut it's like golly Saul Saul was out of control that's the kind of a dark thing that uh, stood out to me this week and made me chuckle, but it did. I think the main thing that made me chuckle was that he's like, hey, I'm going to try to find out if my dad really wants to kill you. I don't think he does. And then in him trying to find out, he almost gets killed. Sharika, uh, are we, do we have any Sharika Expresses? I think that's what we, we call do. It. What do I recommend? Okay. I do yeah. have, I do have a Sharika Expresses. And I want to talk about how Self-talk is the best talk. And if you're doing negative self-talk, you really need to work on that. And you, by you, I mean me. I am not that great. It's I will hype anybody up. I will be like, you got this. You're amazing. And I mean that. But when it comes to myself, my self-talk has not always been the best. And I have really been conscious of that in this season of my life. Like I told y'all, I'm preparing for my to take my certification and I'm preparing to just, like I said, I'm in anticipation for just what is new and what's next for me. And I have all these excited feelings, but then right after, like I even did it in the podcast, literally a negative thought will come. And the Bible talks about taking every thought captive and those things we do need to take captive. And we need to And we know who we are, especially as believers. I know who I am in Christ, but sometimes the negative self-talk gets a hold of me. And I want to encourage you all out there, if you're like me, let's work on our self-talk. Let's, and then also the other thing I want to say is I don't see, as much as I talk about, I have negative self-talk, I also don't see anything wrong with people 
bragging on themselves or people hyping themselves up. Now, of course, we don't want to be conceited or self-absorbed. And usually that is very far from the people that don't want to say anything positive or don't like to celebrate themselves, don't like to celebrate whatever the amazing things they did. Those are not the people that we're used that are that we need to be concerned are bragging or whatever. If you did a great job on your presentation, you did it. You be like, you know what? I killed that presentation, and don't feel bad about it. Why you did do great? It's not only great for other people to say great things about you. It's even better for you to say great things about yourself. Now, if you get to the point where you're putting yourself about other above other people and you don't care about other people and you're dismissing other people, here's where you need to be concerned. But I don't think that's most people. And we are also so often so humble that we accept or see ourselves less than who we really and truly are. And so I don't feel like there's anything wrong with celebrating your wins, your accomplishments, even your growth opportunities, and and being able to hype yourself up. Because guess what? We can't always look for others to hype us up. We need to hype ourselves up sometime and be like, you know what? I killed it. I worked it. I look fabulous today. I feel amazing today. There is nothing wrong with hyping yourself up and celebrating who you are. You are created in the image of God. You are amazing. You are wonderful. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. That is in the Bible. So uh, yeah, you can say that about yourself. It is okay. And God has placed talent, skills, love, all kinds of things in you. And you, and it is, you are an amazing creation and you can hype yourself up. So my express is, you know what? Watch that self-talk and turn those negatives into the amazing positive things that really do represent who you are. Amen, friend. That word. I feel like we should end on that, but I know we can't. <laughs> Thank you. I wish we had some music that went with Sharika's expresses to like just support all the goodness that you're sending out. Shout out to our friend EB. He is busy and so we do he's he's here but he's not here he's here with us in spirit but you know we're wishing him great vibes he had things he had to take care of today that's why he's not with us he's still with us just to make that clear mm-hmm. all right so uh recommending i think is pretty clear what i'm gonna recommend queen charlotte shondaland just go ahead and dive in it's great sharika <laughs> yes okay it's. I'm gonna recommend another spicy series on um, Netflix. I was gonna say Facebook. It's not Facebook. It's Netflix. And if you want all the angst and emotional drama and all the things that you also can get from Shondaland, I'm gonna tell you to hop on over to the After series. There's several. There's like three different three different um, movies, and I think there's another one coming out. And um, it's all about love and angst and just all the emotions of the thing so it's there's several different ones so i'm just going to say it's after after we fall after we collide after happy all the things so i i think there's four maybe and then there's another one i think coming out sometime so that's my recommend for today anything else sabrina that you have to say before we tell the people goodbye nothing else we'll We'll be on again with you all next week. All right, friends. Well, it was a pleasure to be with you guys. We love getting together. We love kicking and laughing on the pod. Shout out to EB. All the love. And guess what, guys? If life tries to knock you down, please make sure you kick back. Until next time.